mercy and peace to you from God our Father through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from the gospel lesson just read especially these words. But stay awake at all times praying that you may have strength to escape all the things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Thus far our text. Dear friends in Christ, doesn't really fit with our modern notion of Christmas time and Advent, does it? Especially in our gospel lesson when our Lord Jesus tells us about his second coming, a terrifying future event that has very little to do with wreaths, Christmas lights or trees, cookies, Really, it's hard to even think about joy. But it is coming. Christ will return. Soon, very soon, on the last day. And for some, that's terrifying. More terrifying than even the ghost of Christmas future was to Ebenezer Scrooge. It could be terrifying, because unlike the Charles Dickens classic, what our Lord says about his second coming is true. 
He announces it in our gospel lesson for today. I'm coming back. He promises a future advent. Just in the very same way we heard last week that he rode into Jerusalem, he will come back on the last day. Our Lord says, people will soon see the Son of Man coming in clouds on glory. He will return from heaven to judge both the living and the dead. To judge everything. All thoughts, all words, all deeds, and to judge them to a very strict rule. And so he says, watch yourself. Stay awake. Pay attention because the great day of the Lord could arrive at any moment, springing like a trap upon us. Any moment? Yes. Our Lord tells us what to look for as signs that the end of the world is near, as signs that he's coming back quickly. He says, the nations will be distressed in perplexity. Is that what you see on the news? People fainting with fear and foreboding. Do you know anyone afraid of what tomorrow might hold? In the other Gospels, Jesus says, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. That's what's happening. Over half my life, we as a nation have been at war. He says there will be false Christs teaching false doctrine and people believing it and following it in droves. He says earthquakes, famines, and all sorts of other things which we hear about all the time. Christ tells us the signs that the end is near and when we look around that's what we see. These events are already taking place. They have been happening for a long time. Dear Christians, the end is near. The advent of our King is soon upon us. Nearer than it has ever been before. It could come at any moment, any day. It could even be today. The great and terrible day of judgment. It's coming. And when that moment comes... When the trumpet sounds, there will be no more opportunity for repentance. No more opportunity for repentance. When the trumpet sounds, you won't be able to switch teams. It will be too late. It's the day of judgment, not the day of grace. 
There'll be no second chances. It will be the end. And the status of your faith at that moment will determine where you go forever. See how it's a little more frightening than the ghost of Christmas future? Your faith comes only by God's word and sacraments. Your faith comes as a gift from God, being where the word is preached in its truth and purity, and being where the sacraments are administered the way God wants is key to your salvation. Stay awake, Jesus says. Stay alert. Be in the Word as much as you can. Not just here on Sundays. Be in the Word at home every day. Listen to it in the car. Tune your radio in. Do daily devotions as a family. Go to Bible study. Don't just walk out of the church as if one hour in God's Word is already too much of your time. Be ready. The day is coming. There are no second chances. Live like the truth that the end is near. So many don't believe that's the truth. So many aren't looking for the end, are they? They hear the warning of our Lord in the gospel lesson for today, and they dismiss it with a laugh. If someone really thought the end of the world was near, they'd go to Bible study. They'd volunteer at church functions. They'd make sure their child knew their memory work and the catechism. Perhaps... They'd even have spent more time on God's word than work, than sports, than football, than volleyball, than TV. They'd act like God's word was most important. They'd help one another. Those who believe the Lord's warning today would worry less about the amount of money in their retirement account and more about the amount given to support the work of telling people about Jesus. They'd make sure everyone knew the basic doctrines of our church. They'd defend the truth in faith when it was challenged instead of just acting like there are no conflicts or difficulties between the church and the world. Christ is coming. Coming soon. The end is near. There are no second chances. We need to believe this. And yet so many, as Luther says, go on drinking their beer, ignoring the word of the Lord. 
Well enough, it will serve us right if we do not want to listen. For the Lord will come. Dear friends, you are Christians. You've heard this word. You know the Lord will soon be here. And what's more, you also have been washed in the Lord's blood in the waters of holy baptism. You have been given grace freely by your Lord. He knows all your sins, and he bled and died for all of them. Even your sins that spring out of an uncertainty about his return. Your sin is forgiven. You come here and you hear that truth proclaimed directly to each one of you each week as we begin our divine services. I forgive you all your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's God's word. And God's word does what it says. You are forgiven. You come here. You kneel and you eat the body and blood of the living Jesus Christ, the one who is coming, he already is present with you and in you, working faith, forgiving sins. God already has saved you from the day of judgment by judging his son. He saved you, not by righteous things that you've done, but by the gift of forgiveness, which he gives to you in word and sacrament. He sends his Holy Spirit to you that you might look to him and believe. He sends his Holy Spirit to you that you might trust in the forgiveness. He sends his Holy Spirit to you that you might look forward to the day of his return, not in terror, or with fear, but instead in hope, in expectation, that God will keep his promises to you just as he always has. God's made you a Christian, and because you're a Christian, you have nothing to fear from the Lord. When your eyes behold the sun and the moon turning topsy-turvy, lift up your heads, and don't be afraid. Your redemption is drawing near. Your Lord is coming for you. Your salvation will soon be realized. Christ will and has saved you.
ought to write that truth. Christ has saved me upon our hearts with golden letters, for they are immeasurably comforting to all who believe in everlasting life. When, says Christ, you see that the world is vile and coming apart at the seams, don't become frightened. You are God's disciples. You are Christians. You belong to Jesus. Don't be alarmed. You have already been saved by the cross and resurrection. Don't be terrified. Christ has overcome judgment for you. Let them who fear, who are directly affected by it all, the secure, vulgar people of the world who don't give a hoot, let them fear. But you will be saved. When you see the world falling apart, be happy, not for yourself, but for your Lord who's coming for you. It might be a bit scary when he comes to destroy the world, but know he's also coming to take you to the world that is to come, to deliver you, to bring you to eternal life. The day is near. The Lord is coming. He's coming to judge the world. He's coming to save you through Jesus Christ. In his name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. This time we stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed.